Football, now more than ever, is a game that doesn't make sense. We're playing North London derbies in empty stadiums. Handballs are determined by middle-aged men in video booths hundreds of miles away from the pitch. The reigning champions are losing games by a margin of seven goals to two. It's easy for us to question why we continue our fandom in a world that doesn't make sense. One where we rarely receive answers for the questions we seek. Well, for all the reasons you could logically point to for why a, a giant green dinosaur was an aberration to a club known as the Arsenal, Gunnersaurus just made sense. It made sense that he shook the manager's hand before and after games like an old friend. It made sense that he would shake his pear-shaped body around it like a hula hoop to get the fans going. It made sense that he wore the number 99 jersey, as well as a strange choker around his long brontosaurus-shaped neck. But just like the beautiful game leaving us searching for answers, we now find ourselves wondering, why was Gunnersaurus taken from us so abruptly? Cut down in his prime. Sent out to pasture before his due. One thing we know with certainty is that we will be united, reunited with Gunnersaurus, whether it's in this life or the next, and he will return to purposefully stumbling over balls or shaking his dinosaur booty in this world that makes no sense. Patrick, do you want to say a few words? Why? Why? Who's the last living dinosaur, James? The last known dinosaur. Only he, one meteor could take him out. He decided to grace our lives as a friendly footballing dinosaur. Not as a, you know, not as a demon, not as a predator, but as a friend. And when he needed us most, we weren't there for him. Mm. Stay strong, Gunnersaurus. Mm. Until we meet again. I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created to an absolute Sidebar. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What, what on earth? I don't have it on. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is October 8th, and Prem heads, you should all count your lucky stars that this podcast still exists. Because if I did not so nobly drop my Sancho a little bit leave it take, we wouldn't be here right now. Uh, Patrick, is this a premonition that I'm going to make this entire episode about myself? I don't know. I don't know. It's too soon to say. But uh, yeah, why don't you take it from here? Just the whole whole podcast. You are you're done. You, you got hurt that bad. I'll chime in from time to time. Okay, so we're just gonna jump right into it. We're gonna get into some headlines, as you know and love them. I'll start us off, and there's gonna be there should be no no mistaking where we're starting, James. Where do you think we're starting? Ah, uh, man, a lot of goals scored this weekend. A lot of smells. Uh, I I don't know. Are we starting at Old Trafford? Big league, a lot of smells. Yeah, we are going straight to Old Trafford. So uh, I took a little bit of a different approach with my headlines this week. I went for more, I don't even know. We'll figure it out later. These are more Michael Scott than they are puns or anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
While profits soar in the owner suite, the wheels are falling off the bus for Ole and United after a 6-1 thrashing at the hands of their former skipper. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Ollie's at the wheel reference. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick, if you asked me what went wrong this past weekend, it was it was quite literally everything. Last week we did <laughs> last week we did the inverse uh, cone of blame, and you could look at the players, the board, and Ollie. Well, they teamed up in a magnificent fondue of, of melted errors, and it uh, it blew up in our face. The it, holy um, trinity this week for you, James. Yeah, sometimes you don't get to light up all three on the same board. But let me put it this way, Patrick. It's bingo season. The, ugh, this this past weekend for me was like Morpheus from The Matrix. Played by Lawrence Fishburne. I guess it's Nuno. It's like mm-hmm. Nuno holding out two pills in front of you. And he's asking you, are you ready to question the nature of your reality? And the red pill is like the 99 season DVD, a compilation of Ronaldo's top 40 goals, and a $10 off Cavani number seven shirt in the United Store Mega, United Mega Store coupon. And uh, I, like a lot of United fans this past week, took the blue pill. And what the blue pill reveals is the cold, hard truth that we've all been relatively blind to. And that is, or maybe we haven't been blind to, and I just, ha- I just have, but it's, it's the fact that we love a club that doesn't love us back. And it's, it's United under the Glazers and Ed Woodward that's a business organization fronting as a football team. We set out to maximize profit. We set out to make top four and, and make as much as we can without spending um, a whole lot in return. Um, sorry, I just I just went freestyle there. Um, I'm, I'm sure you had some questions. No, I mean it's 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 sad. Look, it's, it's yeah, it's no, I, it's it's got a lot of text this past weekend. A lot of text. Yeah, I, I, I as as much as I, you know, enjoy you know watching United stumble. You know, there's enough. You you never really want to see. I mean, like. like you don't want to see a club like United. It's all fun to laugh when you know Chelsea finished thirteenth and all that. But like, if Chelsea were to be like a you know lower side team, like consistently after that, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of that kind of sucks. You know, they were one of the, the good ones once, right? And that's how people are starting to talk about Leeds and how they've talked about you know Blackburn in the past. And I don't think United's close to that. So don't get me, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. But no, I almost I did I I felt I felt bad because it was you know obviously I'm not rooting for Spurs, but. It was an, it was an embarrassing performance on the field. It was mm-hmm. lifeless mm-hmm. on the field, and then you look mm-hmm. up. They they do the cutaway to Woodward, and oh, the guy looks like so he's just good. sweating, sweating. So like he knows that like he's like oh shit. Like I mean he he's not an idiot. I mean maybe he's an idiot, but he knows that everyone hates him, and he's just he's just there to do a job. He loves his. I mean, you know, that's a guy. That's a guy who loves his job. By the way, Woodward is purportedly known to be loving. The head of football operations, self-awarded title because we don't have a technical director. Um, head of football operations of United, and, and he loves it. And I don't know how he puts his, uh, you know, his, his his family and his kids and his wife through it because obviously he gets endless stick. But uh, yeah, that man is a sadist. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 you know we'll we'll, we'll touch on. It. It's not so dissimilar from Arsenal, so I can certainly relate. And it's like you said. I mean, I. I don't want to say they don't they don't necessarily love you back, but your ambitions aren't aligned. You know that's that's very clear. You know I think that you mentioned the the profitability and all that. You know I, I guess fair play to the Glazers. That's what they want to do, but that's not why we fall in love with football and why we fall in love with football teams. Mm-hmm. We don't fall in love with them uh, to make sure that they you know stay profitable. Certainly not you know teams of of of, of United's 
echelon. And I think we can go we can go on and on. We have in the past about you know what um, what the problem is at United, and I think it all comes down to the board in the end. Uh, but, you know, we had obviously the horrible performance on the field. I want to stick on just kind of like the team spirit and the whole the like the whirling dervish that's going around in the transfer window. Things not happening. You mentioned his his fan his family and Woodward getting stick. The players aren't oblivious to this noise. No. Do you think it's impacting them on the field from the outside perspective? It looks like it is, and if if it is, you know your transfer window is closed. So like, what's what's going to change between now and January first? Yeah. Well, first let me just. Um... I just I, I just want to say this. We talked about we talked about Leeds and Blackburn and, and the teams who you know were Aston Villa lumped them into that from a few years ago. The sure. teams that were the top of the you know top of the house in the eighties, seventies, whatever. United is never going to be that way, and it's almost more of a, a sick fact that we're not like there is no rock bottom. We live in a cycle. We live right. in we live in a cycle where if we do not you look at it historically, when we don't make top four, that is when we spend. That is when we lump out the cash. And it's enough to make top four again, but we never take the next step. A manager gets fired somewhere in there, rinse and repeat. So United will never have the ignominy of being relegated. I I'm we are the most lucrative club in the world. So it's never gonna happen. What is gonna happen is we're gonna keep bouncing back and forth from I don't know all the way from third place to tenth place until um, until something happens with the board. But you're right. Let's keep it on the pitch. And you and w- what you asked was, do you think all this is getting to them? And my short answer is 100% yes. I don't know if I articulated it back when they lost to Palace in the first game of the season, and the transfer window was still open. It was what we talked about was the fact that Ollie didn't set up his team to win which I totally agree with. But if you ask United fans why that victory, or sorry, that defeat was so unsurprising, it it sounds so trivial, but it's vibes, right? It's vibes where you know how your summer's going. And if me, a fan reading Twitter, knows that we're in transfer meltdown and Rashford, who's texting Sancho all the time, and these guys are all buddies and they're saying they're going to link up and nothing happens and you don't see reinforcements come, come in... That gets to you as you, as a player, and you don't get psyched up. So, yes, should we have put out a team that would have beaten Palace ha- uh, handedly, um, wouldn't have gotten so lucky against Brighton, and you know maybe could have beaten Spurs? Like We could have done all those things, but it does come down to the way that this football operation is affecting the players. And then the players go and perform terribly on top of it. Yeah, but you don't lose a game by five when everyone's putting in their best effort. And everyone's 100 percent focused. No, you, know, you sure don't. There's, and there's something missing on the field, and and I understand it kind of from like the the the, the big perspective of like holy shit, we're not going to do anything. And then I mean the way that they conceded those three goals, it's just, it was those, those first three goals, and obviously yeah. the red card Patrick. mixed in there was just like a fucking snowball, like almost immediately. It, uh, it was um, the worst case scenario did happen, and it, it was. A very, very, very cruel joke that played out on Sunday when I texted you. I was making my coffee, making my breakfast. United scores a penalty in the first minute. Happy days. You know, Bruno, I think he scored. He hasn't missed a penalty since like 2014 or something. Jesus. And uh, 
as a primary penalty kick taker. And I text, I text you and whoever else right after that, and I said something along the lines of, if you don't love me at my Bruno penalty, don't love me at my Maguire howler. And I sent that text about 30 seconds before he did what he did to concede the equalizer. And from there, it snowballed. And, and I mean, we can talk about this till the cows come home, but... Maguire, man, I I I I I said I I stood up for him on the pod. I said it. I I said this is going to be a season where he shows his true colors, how he handles adversity, and he can't even handle being a United player, let alone being United captain. And I don't know if you saw this, but in the in the beauty that is COVID football, they have like touchline reporters taking videos, and you pick up on player callouts and actual player commands to one another. And Maguire, when the red card happened with, with uh, Anthony Martial, he defended the ref. He wasn't the Roy Keane getting up in the face of the referee. He defended VAR's decision. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I, I mean, if, if you want to give him a little bit of credit, you could just be like, you know, he told me that the decision's the VAR decision. It is what it is. Let's get on with it. No. That's the best no, case scenario. No. And that's still apathetic, which is not what no. you want out of your captain. I didn't I think he was defending the ref. I was thinking he was just relaying information. But teach their <sighs> oh, the captain of Man United relaying information. No, I'm not. Man. I'm not saying it's pleasant. I, I don't think he was sticking up. For no. Ref, so. Yeah. So McGuire, man, I, that's problem. Martial. I mean, well, that's just a, that's just a refereeing howler. Uh, you know, that's not even United at this point. That's just. That's just disgusting officiating. And Anthony Taylor, Chelsea fans will know he ruined the FA Cup for them. And gave it to Arsenal. Did he now? Hmm. I'm not one to kick up the past, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can. Uh... Oh yeah, we had, we did have a few gifts in that game, if I'm remembering correctly. But well, know, everyone, I'm sure everyone listening Wolverine. can imagine my exact words about that officiating decision. I want to know how you feel about it. You know, Martial's side of it, Lamella's side of it, Anthony Taylor, and what VAR could have, should have, would have done. Okay, so let's get the Martial part out of the way. Um, I wish that the way that that situation could be handled is Anthony Taylor could just walk up to the both of them and say, hey, guys, fuck off. Here's a yellow. Here's a yellow. Get on with it. Uh, sure. You know, cut the shit. I wish that that's how it Oh, was. you mean what 99% a... of people would have done? <laughs> well, what would have... I Here's the thing. You, you can... You can talk about there's it is black and white what anthony marshall did is a red card offense whether or not you think it should be is irrelevant like it doesn't take much you put your hands on somebody's face in a intentional manner you don't have to do much you can like push your finger against somebody's head and it's going to be a red card so you really doesn't take anything in the patrick crowley letter of the law what lamella did was not a red card what marshall did was a red card no i'm not necessarily saying that i think i think i think lamella's is a little bit more of a gray area, but in that situation, especially with VAR, how they're not just given the same punishment, whatever it is, is a bit ridiculous to me. It's very clear, you know. The thing is, like, I think Lee Dixon said it, and like the case you can make for like the VAR official, and that is like Lamella's putting his arm into his chest, and then the elbow goes up, and so it's like, was it a clear and obvious error to not give a red card? Whatever I don't know, but he fucking threw his arm at him. Mm-hmm. Lamella's a little shit. He's mm-hmm. always been a little shit. Always you don't have been. to read between the lines. It was it was it was intentional. It was intentional, and you know, for 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 all of it, you know, if 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 you're able to dupe the officials like that and get on with it, I'm sure that there's you know some Spurs fans who are 
at the very least, willing to say, you know, turn a blind eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, what Marshall did was understandable but petulant, and I think, you know, he deserved to be sent off. I probably would have had, um, you know, if, if you're sending off Marshall, I probably would have sent off Lamella too, especially with VAR. But I wish, I, I just, I really just wish we didn't have to deal with, like, what basically the, the you reward what Lamella does. That's the thing that upsets me the most, is... Cheating one. Th- that Cheating one. That type of... Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it cheating. Like, he did what he did, and he Gamesman, got punished what do you, Yeah, whatever you want to call Games, it. Gamesmanship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so the more that you reward that, the more you encourage You're going to see, see it more and now. more. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, even you're, you're seeing it now. Whenever you incentivize something, people are going to call for it. You blast a shot, like, you know, waist high in the box, and it hits somebody. Yeah. You got 10 people just screaming for a handball, no matter what it hit. The Champions so League final rule. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's a bit unfortunate. It is what it is. I. I I'd rather chalk it up just to a a, a a bad decision by Anthony Taylor. But I think Marshall's got to got to own something there. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, he let himself he knows what down. He's doing. He let himself he and the doing. team down. Yeah. He reacted. And yeah. I, my only wish is that if he was going to do that, he should have just punched him square in the chin. Right. Just fucking earn it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Earn just, your points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, Patrick, I. I don't. I mean, I don't know how much we want to. Talk about United, but I do want to go on record as saying this. I'm obviously in a really, really sad state right now, and I'm sure all my all my haters are loving it. But uh, mm. the one thing I do want to make super clear is I'm not sad about the result. The result was terrible. The performance was terrible. There's no excuses there. I'm sad about the window. I'm really, really sad about the window because it solidifies what I said at the top of this and how our board acts. The game itself, obviously the wheels fell off after the red card. I will say this. Up until the red card, even when we were down 2-1 after that schoolboy defending, I was happy with the way we were attacking. The defense is the Mm -hmm. defense. We were in that game. I would say we were going on to get something out of that game. And then everything changed with the red card and the wheels fell off. So the the 6-1, you you know, you can take it. Like, that's something you can take on the chin. What what, what, What takes... What takes me to this state of apathy and, and, and despair is is the way the club is being being held ransom. Yeah, it's you know, when you put it in that in that light, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a depressing state. You know, I don't think it's I mean here here's the thing, you're gonna find out what uh, the players and Ollie are made of over the next three three months until the January window opens mm-hmm. because they now know they have who they have. They are who they are. And in a sense, it's them against the board. You know, the board's... They, how, how, what, what level of pride do you have? Because that's really what it's going to come down to. Because they, they they have to manufacture that on their own. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to get it from an out, out, outside source. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm sure if they're reading the news that Cavani's agent's getting a $10 million fee, they're, you know, signing these kids for... You know, if you look at all, like, the chunk change added up and then you look at what he had offered for Sancho, it's like there's... Seems like he could have closed the gap, but in any case, you know, you know, he—he—they he, have an objective, and it's—it—it it is a bit, bit sad. But I, still, I mean, United still, there's still a Champions League side to me if they—if they can get their act together. But I don't know what the character is in that dressing room right now, and I don't know if that's overreacting to the latest it's result not, and just body language. But it's not overreacting. They just Patrick. look defeated. We don't, we don't have leaders. We don't have leaders in our in our playing division, and Ali for all his faults or his credit, you know, people sit on both sides of the fence. And I think a lot of arguments to both sides are valid. The facts are he is an inexperienced manager relative to everyone else. And his coaching staff 
you wouldn't exactly call it world class. Michael Carrick, sure. uh, McKenna, it's it's sophomoric, and they're not going to be the ones instilling some some world class experience coaching regime. The players need to take it upon themselves. But who are those players going to be? Because it's clearly not McGuire. It, it's Bruno. Who, if he's not captain, it'll just get spun a bit more as a temper tantrum. Rashford showed some really good character, but again, these are young guys and they're not old wise heads at the club. Um, yeah. So, you know, you talked about picking it up and maybe we'll end it here. We talked about picking up the results and, and making a run at top four. And yeah, I think the goal of the season now is make top four, which is incredibly sad. I think it's make top four, but you know, I won't even call it little bit, leave it. I'll just tell you how it is and, and how I feel. I think Ollie got sold out and thrown to the bus. He didn't get backed. We are going into a really, really tough month of fixtures. Mm-hmm. After Newcastle away, which is not a guarantee by any right. means, it gets not tougher. Anymore. Not anymore. It gets tougher. And I see this ending with Ollie being sacked and Pochettino coming in and us getting our bounce, and he gets backed. But, you know, you look through your crystal ball, how long is he going to get backed for? And, and right. how's he going to get bolstered up? So that's my crystal ball for the club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was I was talking to you about this offline that they, um, the Glazers in the last five years, uh, have contributed zero dollars uh, to United's transfers. Mm-hmm. It's all based on you know just the general you know, mm-hmm. the, the the money coming into the club already. They're not yeah. it's owner. The owner investment is zero. True winners are the which, shareholders. They are laughing to the bank from this window. Aren't you a shareholder? I I sure am. One one share, please. <laughs> I have to claim that on all my tax forms, so I'm no one's really winning. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we can we can put a pin in it, but you got an international break to get it sorted, and then thank you have God those, for those the fixtures. international break. Thank God for the international break. I normally the international break's a weird one because some it it sometimes you never want to see like if I'm like Everton probably doesn't want to see this international break at all. No, but then here you guys are. It's like the it's a godsend. It's you know? the uh, it's uh, the bell after a prize fighter has just been getting rocked in the last just 10 seconds. Smacked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see because you got you got to do it quick. You got Champions League football. I think think what in two weeks. Yeah, got, like that. no, you're so, right. Pick a, show the character that hasn't been shown so far. Pick ourselves off the mat. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, it could. Yeah, if I mean, I I think that they have, I think that they have the quality and enough pride that they'll they'll get it over the hump. They'll get a little bit of a bounce after a six one defeat. You know, I think that. Mm-hmm. They're professional footballers. They know they got to show up. But if they if they slip in this next kind of you know between these next two international breaks and more results, not like this, but poor showings, poor attitude, things like that, it could it could get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of things getting ugly, should we talk about our friends uh, our friends over at uh, Villa or Liverpool, oh, yeah. perhaps? All right. Here's you mean undefe- undefeated Ashton Villa? Yeah, right? Which of those teams are undefeated? Spot the spot the lie. Wow. Mm-hmm. Here's my headline, Patrick. Get your tickets to the freak show. Aston Villa breaks more high lines than a P.T. Barnum and Bailey trapeze disaster. Amazing. Amazing. Liverpool has a hole in their defense with that high line because they are not switched on the way that they need to be. Arsenal had a lot of opportunities. Lacassette should have buried a couple. Villa absolutely torched them. They got some work to do. Like they've mm-hmm. they've been exposed. 
Let's be very real. They have been exposed. Fully, fully exposed by a seven-goal margin exposed. And Patrick, the saddest thing in all of this, and again, I want to make this about the game, but one quick thing about me here. Uh, I did not, I, I could not, my brain could not process or appreciate this result because it was right after the United Spurs game. Yeah. Like someone texted me. It was like, hey, by the way, um, Villa's beating Liverpool 7-2. I was like, oh, no way. Yeah, and, and, didn't even yeah, see, I was like, oh, it just rolled right just off. Another crazy result, right? Yeah, yeah. I like, wish it was a different week. So desensitized. I yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, five, five nil uh, or but five, that, five goal difference. That makes sense. But yeah, uh, every but team. Think, sorry, I was just. I, I, I was yeah, just yeah, go ahead. Every team is going to be watching this tape on how to break the Gagan press, Klopp's signature Gagan press. Um, yeah, no, it it was it was a clinic on how to smash their their high pressing. And what I will say is, and and you know this is the problem with with pushing ahead with this season. They didn't have Mane because of COVID. You know, it, it's 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 a real shame. It's a real shame. It's not your traditional injury, and you lose one of your best players because you're you know plugging ahead with the season. You don't have Jordan Henderson, and I'd say those are two key players: Henderson for yep. his field leadership, Mane for his energy up front, who are crucial to that. And I don't think Klopp changed his game plan and said, let's go out and do what we always do. And once you can pass through, Van Dyke and Gomez are sitting on about the halfway line and it's it's open season. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that really stood out to me was like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, but it seems like in, in the, um, when they're holding that high line, both Alexander-Arnold and Robertson are just switched off. It seems like it's every time you break that that high line, mm-hmm. it is two guys running back, mm-hmm. and, and then you know honestly, uh, I, I I think that I don't know what Joel Matip's deal is, but uh, Joe Gomez looks like he's been he's been found out uh, to not be, you know, he got done by you know yeah. Harrison in the first game against Leeds. I feel like he's been, I feel like he's just been targeted. Yeah, he's he's the guy you he's have just in, getting worked. He's the guy you have in your fantasy team because he plays alongside Van Dyke for a cheaper price. Right. Right, exactly, and you just you just try and ride out you this clean sheet. But yeah, we'll 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 see. I mean, they have a they're coming back after the international break uh, with a Merseyside derby, so I cannot wait for that fixture. Uh, it just got even spicier. You're uh, right. It, You're right. And so I'm 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 really really pumped for that fixture. I do expect Liverpool to bounce back, but <laughs> there's 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 holes. There's 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 chinks in the armor, and it's it, that excites me as a fan of the league. And also, you know, obviously an Arsenal fan to see like, okay, Liverpool might finish on a few less points than I thought they would. And, you know, what is what does that do to the rest of the league? And then you look at the other teams that are excelling and the other teams that are dropping points. A result like this, you know, it, it's I don't think we're going to see that again from a Liverpool side. Wow. But it's a it's exciting to see them kind of just lose early in the season, frankly, uh, right? Fully, Show that they're vulnerable. Not, yeah, yeah. Don't go uh, like I mean, 20... 21 points out of 21 or something like that. And you're like, all right, the season's over. You know, right. Well, interesting. we can do a little bit. Leave it right now. Um, I teased it, Patrick, and I also posted it over the weekend right after City drew against Leeds. I was ready to declare Liverpool crown champions. And now I'm going to shut. Really? And now I'm going to shut my mouth because that blew wow. this wide open. The, so the, I did. Yeah. yeah. There, every single team in the, in the league right now is – is plus odds to win the league. So even the odds makers are like, I don't even know what's going to happen. There's not even a favorite. It's anymore. a bizarre, yeah. bizarre season. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to predict. And it's in, 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 you know, we're my next one city. So we'll get there in a second. Uh, but for, for Liverpool, 
Are you worried about them as far as you and I both picked them to win the league? Any doubts right now for for you of them being able to kind of kind of get back up to that uh, that higher level? I mean, I guess the result against Arsenal was a pretty convincing one. Uh, Leeds wasn't as much, yeah. Uh, and then their yeah. Chelsea result was maybe a gift well, of, of being a man up in the second half. No, and I'll tell you why. You know, losing losing a game and conceding seven goals is an aberration. It should never happen. Uh, but Klopp is a good enough manager to say, hold my hand up. You know, I tried a tactic that my normal team executes that we weren't able to execute here. We weren't able to change it on the field on the day. But hey, it's not going to happen again. And I think he's he's good enough to calm everyone down, set that right. I, I told you the keys to the game were Hendo and Mane not being in the team. But I'll tell you this, Patrick, my hot take. I think if Allison's in net, not only do they not lose that game by that margin, I don't think they lose that game at all. Because if you remember, yeah. Adrienne, who actually, you know, I never thought he was a bad backup keeper. The first goal for Villa is a complete mess up play out the back from Adrian and if it's going to be any goal don't let it be the first one because that entire time the back four is thinking oh shit Adrian's a net and subconsciously that changes the way you play yep and it just if there's there's a there's a belief factor too and this I think going back to the United game when you concede goals in such a shitty fashion you just you're just like well what's the fucking point Mm -hmm. you know you're like why are we even doing this if we're going to give up goals like that and then you know there's a and Villa gets they sense a little blood in the water and you know these are these are professional footballers too uh, and Ollie Watkins I'm I want to see more of him uh, but he looks right. to be a player yeah uh, so we'll 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 have to see how that progresses uh, they're playing with a team like a team I mean they're 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 uh, what are they they're they're three they're they're three wins out of three so they they've yeah only they've beaten, Everton just has yeah. a game in hand on them but they're on the same course. Real quick, yeah. I, I do want to touch on Villa because they deserve their due. But same question back to you, Patrick. Uh, how, how do you feel about Liverpool um, after this game, knowing our predictions? Um, I still, I still rate them to win the league. You know, it's four games into a thirty-eight game season, but I am, I am curious how many not not these games that they have in them, but they've looked vulnerable throughout like they've conceded a several goals off of errors really coming out of project restart and i think you and i both said oh they're just you know they were walking their way to the finish line they just weren't you know fully switched on but it's fine they had the league wrapped up mm-hmm. uh it seems as though that may have carried over uh the, the right the, a little sloppiness some, yeah there's a little there's a sloppiness that they didn't have and when i when i i, I talked about how uh you know manchester city on expected goals, which again, I'm not here to make the case that expected goals should mean anything, but on expected goals, we're 20 points better than Liverpool last season. Last season. Mm-hmm. So 40 point swing. Mm-hmm. So Liverpool was like was more than likely, and I don't know all the, the stats of the expected goals, more than likely getting a little bit more than they, you know, quote unquote, deserved. You know, and if, if they were able to kind of scratch out results through either the home crowd at Anfield or, um, just these other teams feeling like this impending doom or you know if once you sense a vulnerability they're not they're not that giant anymore and they become very very beatable not that they're they're still going to be better than every team they they face but it's the same way like teams just teams attack arsenal because they think that they can beat them 
And if, if you think that you can beat a team, you're going to give them a better game than if you right. don't. And I don't think Liverpool's really had a sense of, uh, you know, other teams go and play Liverpool thinking like, okay, we can go get three points here. Like, it's like, let's try and get a draw. If you go in with that mentality, chances are you're going to lose. Right. So I think they've had that going for themselves. And so if they lose a few points like this, it's going to have a compounding effect on just how people approach playing Liverpool. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm certainly still backing them, but I've got my eye on them. You don't lose 7-2 and, and just get away with it. You know, you have to be under scrutiny when that happens. 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm looking it up. They had, obviously it's crazy, but they had, uh, they gave 11 goals so far this season. Mm-hmm. Bring out the TI-84 right here. Let me just do that real quick. Great radio. Yeah. So they're on pace to give up 104 goals this year. Not that's all. That's a hell of a lot. I think they gave up like forty or fifty last year. If, right. Not even. They probably gave up like thirty. Right. And then, the, well, the classic counter argument is if you're going to do it, do it in the first three games, four games of the season. Sure. You know. So it's how much you trust the team and the the coaching staff to get it right. But you raise a good point. Why has this carried over? What can you point to as a rationale? You know, it's the same players, it's the same team, um, same manager. So. Let's see how they pick they it up. They always say it's harder to like. They say it's harder to stay at the top of the mountain right. than it is to get there. Right. That's a classic sports best game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they gave up thirty-three goals last season. Mm-hmm. So they're well a third of the way there way. through four games. Well on their way. Holy hell. Yeah, that, that's a great stat. Well, Patrick, Even two goals a game. Take that other game out of there. They gave up two goals in each of the first. Uh, not not the. Well, I guess no, they didn't do that. They played four games. Right. They had one clean sheet in there. Right. Well. Quick dude, okay, uh, quick dude, quick dude, Aston Villa, and I don't really have any other little bit leave it's, but I'll you know I'll be upfront about this one. I'm I'm dropping Dean Smith as the first manager to get fired this season. Oh, dropping, I, mean, I think you have to dropping that right out of the sky. Let alone yeah. not let you don't want that. Let alone getting fired that. this season. He ain't gonna be the first. Uh, you're getting you're getting beers for life in Birmingham for beating the reigning champions seven to two. Um, so I think you know Jack is definitely. Um, you know, proven right for the things that he was saying about Dean. He, he's put together a really awesome team that has shored up positions that had issues and really let their star players, you know, Grealish, McGinn, uh, Douglas Louise, and uh, now Ollie Watkins up front, really let them come to the mm-hmm. fore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, 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 were, they were ambitious in the transfer window, and they, they backed. What, what's going to be crazy is if Villa can finish – you know, close to or in a European place, you know, I'm going to want to reflect and think, if if not for Project Restart, would this team have been relegated? You know, they played very well after Project Restart where a couple others didn't. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting turn of events. They've seemed to kind of ride a high out of almost being relegated. Uh, I think they were three points in the relegation zone with three points or three games to play. And then right. they got seven points out of their last three games. The so, great escape. Right, the great escape, and they're riding that momentum. Here's what I'll say: I'm not a hundred percent, you know, buying them as having turned this massive corner. Uh, they beat they've beaten two winless teams, 19th and 20th place, and then who we know that this game is an aberration. So how big of an aberration was it? How much of this is Villa? How much of that was Liverpool? Obviously, I'm excited to watch them, and they've they've introduced a new team that I think makes for competitive games. A game that I. Leicester Villa is now a game that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, battle of second and third place. Would you believe yeah. it? Yeah, you know. So no, it, and I'm, it, I'm looking forward to a lot more with them. I'm not saying they're not going to level out. I, I don't know why I can't think of a 
I don't know why I can't think of a better, more recent example, but there was a time when Hull City was in the Premier League and they were the toast of the town uh, right up at the top of the table and then ended the season just scraping by and not getting relegated. You know, so these things happen where you come out of the gates firing, you settle down, you end up kind of leveling out. And I'm not saying Aston Villa is going to do that. I'm just saying it happens. But when you've got Fulham and West Brom dead on certs to go down, are you slotting Aston Villa into that last place? I'm certainly not. Um, no. So no, but yeah. they lost. They lost 21 games last year and won nine. So let's not forget that. I still think that they're they're going to be better this season. But you, you I don't. Th- I right. don't think they're going to flip that on its head. I think they're right. most likely going to be kind of a 500 club and sit around mid table. Mm-hmm. That's what I think for them this year. Well, Patrick, should we should we press on? Sure, sure. Uh, we'll keep cruising through some of these. Okay, this one's for for City. Pep seen frantically collecting whiteboards after tactically dis- after being tactically dissembled by the older, wiser, haired Bielsa. Mm. Also, Pep is forty nine years old. That blew my mind. What? Uh, like he looks way older than than he is. He's just so established, and he's won so much. I would have figured like oh, yeah. forty nine seems so young. No, he's right out the gates. Right out the gate. Was he like a manager at like 38 and winning the treble or some shit? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He managed. Crazy. For me, he managed the best team of all time in 2011, which was Barcelona. Um, Mm hmm. Yeah. Busquets, Iniesta, Xavi. Uh, Anyway, yeah. So he's, you know, he kind of burst onto the scene and he's just been one of the best managers ever since. So, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. But his his most uh, revered manager. So he says, in Bielsa, showing him what's up. Yeah, and it was it was a, a, a I thought it was a, a a good you know tactical performance from from Leeds and from Bielsa. I think that they set out to 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 to, to counter what what City do, and they they brought it, and we saw them bring it against Liverpool as well. This is mm-hmm. a team that's not they're not shy. They're going to give every they're they're going after points every single game, and that's. From a, for a team that's newly promoted, I think it's a great mentality to have. Uh, but obviously, the you know leads leads we talked about like they might be a, a positive team. I didn't you know they they they've gotten some. Um, basically, the, the only games where they haven't taken three points were against City and Liverpool. So they've they've done all right. Same thing as Ashton Villa though. They've taken their yeah, points. Tough games out the gate. Sheffield and Fulham. So they've they've gotten both sides of the uh, the table. But City one win. One draw, obviously the huge loss mm-hmm. in there um, to Leicester. I think you and I both expected, or so I certainly re- expected a rebound game. I expected after a 5-2 loss exactly. to Leicester, a, a pep team to come out exactly. and just wipe the floor with leads. Didn't happen. We talked about leadership. We talked about, you know, I mean, it was Ruben Diaz making his first appearance. I think that, unfortunately, Arsenal have him right after the international break, and I think that's perfect mm-hmm. timing for City to get an international break. But... They're warning signs for City. How worried are you? I'd be worried if I'm a City fan because Pep, one of the best, if not the best current manager in the game, can't seem to coach errors out of this really, really flashy, expensive team. Yes, they're going to score a lot of goals. Yes, they're potent in the offense. But I think that game and the team and the current state of the club is best summed up by Ederson's performance. You know, great one-on-one saves, uh, flashy passes out the back. And he, he, he bungles a, a cross ball to give up the goal to Rodrigo. You know, 
until yep. you can do the simple things right, you're not going to be taken seriously. And obviously, I there's still, you know, you know, maybe this is a hot take for people who think they're the best, probably City fans. I think they're dead certs, second best team in the league. But until you show everyone that you can train out those errors, I, I still think Liverpool are going to win the title. Yeah, and that's, that's what makes it fun. I didn't want to get into City when we were talking about Liverpool, but if both of those clubs are committing errors, then all of a sudden, that, that top four, that top six, that looks a hell of a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. Who wants, to, who wants to finish we're in the top made, four has crept yeah. its way up to the top. Yeah, we and we're already making those errors, so there's no acclimation period for the rest of us. <laughs> we'll be able to keep making those errors and yeah. keep charging oh, away. We are right it's, there. It's part, of the, it's part of the process. Uh, but, you know, I think... Ruben Diaz looks like a player. That was the first time I'd ever seen him play. Uh, he looks like a proper center back. He looks like somebody who's going to really control the okay. game, both defensively yeah. and being able to distribute out of the back. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to me that Laporte got the start. Uh, I, I honestly rate, rate Aki, I think, a lot more than you do. Um, but they still don't really have that, that, that left back figured out. And so I think that Pep is, you know, for all of it, you know, we're – that's a position he hasn't really gotten sorted at mm-hmm. Manchester City, and I think that's just thrown off everything he's done. And Bernardo Silva can't seem to be getting any minutes. Right. Uh, obviously, they're missing Aguero right now. That'll improve them uh, when he's back and fit. But it's just the weird. I think they need scenario that lack of confidence or some. There's something still missing from that side. Let's give them a little bit of credit, but again, you know, I I will make excuses for them in the top of the pitch in that I think they need a focal point. Not only do they not have Aguero, who is still one of the absolute best strikers in the game at this, at yep. his age. No doubt. But they don't even have Jesus. So they don't have a focal point. They're playing a weird, roaming, rotating false nine um, that, you know, Sterling had a nice goal, but it was kind of cutting in from the left. They didn't have that kind of incision. And then, yeah, again, to my original point, those excuses are who they're lacking in depth up top. No excuses for depth in the back now, and it's time that they figure it out. Right. And I know they're just going to come back and just fucking wipe the floor with Arsenal after the international break, which is... They do love an Arsenal game. It's death taxes and getting thumped by Manchester Mm -hmm. City. Mm -hmm. Chalk it up. So, we'll see, though. Maybe maybe Pep's missing his little mastermind. Who knows? Who knows? Well, speaking of Arsenal, Patrick, you ready for this one? Bring it on. This is where I really just went off the... uh, Went off the rails. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Pepe pays off his price tag, says we- says West Midlands sports editor from the future. After Pep, after Nicholas Pepe seals his club record twenty million pound move to Coventry City in the year twenty twenty three. So you're going into the future in selling him at a fifty two million pound loss. Yeah. So. In this theoretical scenario, he scores a goal on his debut for Coventry City, thusly paying off his price tag, in which Arsenal sold him to Coventry City for a record 52 loss. Yeah. Okay. We're going there. Did did Nicola Pepe get a uh, team of the season nod before we transferred him? I would assume no. I I would assume no. I figured you'd already gone into the future here. Making the step down. I, I, well, Patrick, I'm doing the context clues for you. Come on, this is kindergarten stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, it's funny. We'll get to goal of the week. Uh, spoiler: I didn't give it to Nicholas Pepe. 
but I was thinking about it, and then I came back and doubled down and wrote this headline. That was my train of thought. Love it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's it's the thing that I think, you know, that was, it was an excellent move. Uh, and I think that's the thing that he's he's shown different parts of that move. He's shown that brilliant left foot. He's shown his ability to run with the ball. He's shown his pace. Uh, but he just, he always, he always just kind of seems to be missing one of those things. Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, just, he, he does this weird thing where it almost seems like he's losing control of the ball but the defenders still never seem to take it away from him. But yeah. it looks like he's just running and his legs are kind of going all yeah. over the place and he loses his head of steam. But, you know, when he gets when he gets going in on that left foot, you know, he's an absolutely clinical finisher. And, you know, we talked about this a few times in the past. Maybe what he needs is is a little bit of um a little bit of a, a an edge to him. He came on in the second half with a with with an ambition that I think was it was refreshing for me. I've seen it at times, but I think a lot of people who've watched Dipo Pepe say that's what he's missing. And having Willian start ahead of you, actually not even in this game. I think it was Saka mm-hmm. and Ketcha and Aubameyang were starting in the top and in, in the front three, um, or maybe not. Oh no, and Willian was also playing in there. Yeah, so all th- four of those guys were playing. Uh, ahead of Nicola Pepe, and he's probably only okay with Aubameyang doing that. So right. maybe he needs a little kick in the ass. And yeah. if that's what it takes maybe to get so. him going, by all means. Well, I mean, we've we've talked about Pepe syndrome in that he's got the wonder goals, but he needs to sort out the simple things and playing the right ball and, and finding mm-hmm. the right movements. And For sure. uh, again, I, I, I don't... I love doubling down on my takes just like you do with Mason Mount. So that's mm-hmm. all in jest. But I will say I think Didn't this start. was his, this was Im- start. his most impressive. I know. We'll get there. <laughs> his most impressive uh, goal sequence I think I've ever seen. Because, you know, he's got the cut inside and curl it in. But this was a finished move from start to finish with a, with right. a great finish to, to boot. So credit to him well, on his day. Kick it off. Yeah. I want to ask you this. Because it came up with Lamella and Martial where we said, it's not cheating. We're not going to call it cheating. Gamesmanship. If your referees are enabling gamesmanship, if you're re- rewarding people like Lamella, the David Luiz incident, when it's nil-nil, he pulls Oliver Burke's jersey, and Chris Wilder had a very clear reaction again towards that. Um, if Oliver, if I think, in my mind, if Burke goes down, it's a different decision than just play on, nothing happened. And is that, you know, are we, we can talk about are we in a system that's rewarding that kind of behavior or punishing behavior of honesty, but am I taking this too far? What did you make of that? Did you think it was too light of a tug on David Luiz? That happened in the, uh, the, the first half? Yeah. So, James, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this game was on Peacock, uh, which doesn't <laughs> allow you to rewind oh, or no. record. And so I woke up at 7 just wanting to just watch two back-to-back games of soccer mowing right through it. Um, and so, yeah, I missed the entire first half. Uh, oh, boy. Watched the highlights. And it was I, it was tough to – I mean, of course, from my perspective, I'm like, yeah, that's too light. But if I, it was the other way, I probably would have wanted it. I think that, to your point, you have to – It's you can't just kind of look at things in these one these – one, this one kind of context, I think you need to have like a complete overhaul of the rules, how VAR is administered, what you reward, and more importantly, what you punish. I think mm-hmm. you need to be more severe. If you want to get rid of gamesmanship, you can get rid of gamesmanship. They wanted to get rid of slide tackles from behind. You know what they did? They made it a red card offense. And eventually people stopped doing it. Right. So if you want to get rid of certain things, 
you make it a red card offense. If you think a red card offense is severe and a yellow card offense doesn't quite do it, maybe you think about how do we do the, uh, you know, punishment system in a way that's that's more effective. You know, th- things that I've talked to you about, ideas that I like, if you go off the field for, for an injury, you stay off for a full minute. Should prevent people from, from you know, time-wasting just mm-hmm. for the sake of time-wasting. If mm-hmm. you stay down, they have to call right. on the physio, you're off for a minute. Make and the rules that stamp out the things that we don't like. Bit. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and so, for me, it's like, you know, while the rules <clears throat> are the rules, I don't like it, but if, you know... Uh, if you don't play according to the rules and how things are being judged, you're going to be at a disadvantage versus your opponents that do. Mm-hmm. And the stakes are so high, and it seems like you know um, there's there what's the there's no uh, there's no rules of love and war, whatever that saying is. All's fair. You know, there's yeah, all fair in love and war. So you know you know by all means, you know, I think there's like like with the with the Lamella incident, you know I don't think he's losing any sleep over it, and I don't think Mourinho's mad at him. So I will say what, Mourinho took him off at halftime. So I don't know what that was about, but I respect it. If it was like he's a, on a yellow and he's Lamella and you're up a man, so right. it's basically a guarantee that he's getting sent off. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Chris Wilder was saying this exact thing. He, you know, what are the rules? We we write rules that seem to make sense until you dig into the subjectivity of it. Um, and he's like, what is a shirt pull that's an offense? Is it so much so that he gets veered off course? Is it so much so that the stitching in the shirt gets ripped? You know, like what is what is a shirt pull? Because David Luiz, you know, he had a he had a tug. It, it wasn't as egregious as some others that we've seen, some real Phil Jones blinders of the past. But it, it, until we really stamp down on these things, you're just going to see the same rules or uh, decisions go one way one day and another day. Another way, yeah. the other day, but I, it was an incident. I wanted your take on it. I, all that said, I think Arsenal went on to be deserving winners with a uh, you know crucial tactical changes by Arteta in the 60th minute or so. Yeah, ch- changing change what he did, bringing on Pepe. Uh, I, I also think you know Ceballos has really shown himself to be quite a player. I'm not pleased that. We don't have an option to buy or that we didn't outright buy him this season because mm-hmm. I think he's Arteta likes him a lot. I always thought he was one of the more decent midfielders. Yeah. I think he's, well, I mean, you know, maybe party excluded. I think he's our best. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think he's quite frankly, probably one of our only, he's probably our only top, top four midfielder. If you want to say, you know, who's, who can play in a top four side, he's probably the only guy on, on, on the side that can uh-huh. do that. But Mesut Ozil uh, so, on watch. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he, I heard he's. I heard he's getting a getting a mascot costume ready for a second <laughs> second gig, second contract. He's gearing up for a new contract. Yeah, uh, but Pat- you know, it's yeah, it's 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 weird, but it it's a weird team, dude. Because I like I like the spirit, I like what Arteta's doing, but they just still don't seem quite good enough. Uh, but I love the team, like I love mm-hmm. the energy and, and what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just still worry. You seem that, to be yeah. I, I I totally understand those concerns. You seem to be a team that has the right manager, that is moving in the right direction, albeit small steps, and it might not be linear. You know, you might still have defensive howlers that lead you to dropping points. You know, progress isn't always linear, but I think you are moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I, we I think we're going to do a transfer window grading uh, classroom yeah. report, so I don't want to take it too far. But you said sure. we're not a complete team level. yet, but we're getting better. Thomas Party, last hour of deadline day, snatch from Atletico Madrid. 
if your team, what what did you grade this team as before party in terms of quality, and how much has he changed that for you? That's the one thing so I, I want to know today. I honestly don't know all that much about him. I've done most of my learning about him in the last two days, but I would say I would say we were probably you know if if I'm going to grade this against the curve of having top four ambitions. So that's what I'm grading the curve against. I'd probably say like a C, C plus before, and I think a solid B, B now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, he's, what he's, the, there's been a whole bunch of comparison graphs that have gone on online of basically party compared to uh, all these, all of Arsenal's midfielders. And he is significantly better than every last one of them at everything. With you know maybe some slight exceptions in passing and chances created uh, with Ceballos, but he's more forward playing than I thought. Uh, he's Simone has praised him as being the guy that understands the transition from defense to offense the best. So you know I'm not I'm not going to sit here and crown him as uh, you know the the Vieira replacement that we we finally right. gotten. But you know if if he's able to be a fraction of that, if he's able to boss the midfield, he's able to control the midfield. I think that that. That elevates more than just our midfield, and I, I don't really know how you can measure that. So yeah. I'm very pleased with that. I'm choosing to believe that he was always their number one target, and our was like the they were trying to piece together the secondary funds. And we'll go into always that has the been next, the next podcast, but yeah, I mean, it's, we'll see, we'll see. I'm I'm excited to see him play. His first game is going to be against City, so good luck. You got Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, right. First task. Yeah, see what you mm-hmm. got. All right, Patrick. Well, I think we both have one more headline each. I uh, let's let's try and make them relatively quick. Just uh, okay. Top bulletins. I got you. Worried about getting too big of a lead, Brandon Rogers gets outsmarted by coachless West Ham to drop first points of the season. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The ghost of David Moyes just haunting the team to six points from two games. What a fucking legend! That game. Zoom coach of the year. Oh my god. Yeah, who says working from home doesn't work? Unbelievable. It can work in any industry. Patrick, this game, this game, in a week where United lost 6-1, Liverpool lost 7-2, what the hell was this game? I did not see it coming. Another team that just barely avoided relegation last year. And it wasn't like, oh, West Ham squeaked out a win against uh, Leicester. I watched the the highlights. Leicester didn't have chances. Smacked them. I wish I watched the full game because none of that made sense in a week that made no sense. But yeah, um, West Ham, wow. That pop, that that Fornals goal, the way that he took that ball down out of the air was absolutely incredible. It's not my goal of the week because I just uh, it. Uh, he just trapped. Wasn't, wasn't he just it. trapped it like he trapped a punt over yeah. his head, like Willie Mays style. Yeah. It was insane. And he had a look over to the linesman. Such an amazing touch. He looked over to the linesman to see if his flag was up, not remembering that the rules have changed. <laughs> and, yeah. and he still put what it the, away. What if the linesman just like flicked him off? Just gave him the middle finger. Yeah. And just like just yeah. go on with it. <laughs> we so we good. do need to get to our uh, our Lee Dixon's iteration of the rules at some point. He was losing his shit about. Oh. Um, the linesman. He's he's he is on fire. Let's do this. Him and Mourinho are on fire. Let's intro that segment at the very end. We'll I do. I love it. We'll do. It. Um, yeah. We, we, yeah. A weird weird result for Leicester. Just shows that they're still capable of not taking their chances. Uh, sure. Oddly enough, it was not. 
wh- why this game? Why this game? They, they, uh, after after was it a hangover after City? I don't know. But no it, just, clue, it just upsets Patrick. me. It upsets me as a because they were cruising, uh-huh. and then they lose to West as a gambler such as yourself. Yeah, I can't even begin to break this game down because I, I don't know what happened. What I will say is, Mikel Antonio, you know, he, he's a player and he's so crucial to their plans. I'd say he and Declan Rice are the two most important players on that team because he's one of those rare. I don't know who else off the top of your head you could say falls in the same category. He's like a run-in behind player who's also a target man. Like he can bully people off the ball, and he's also got speed to get in behind. Yeah, there's not many people who can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's the. I th- his 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 fatal flaw is that he. I don't think he has eyes. Whenever he gets mm-hmm. the, the ball, mm-hmm. he just runs forward on and trucking. smashes it. Yeah, um, I think that I think you need to put some some goggles on my man's, and I think he's going to be the best striker in the league. Because if he's boy. able to pick his head up, this team changes great. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I like Suchek a lot. Um, I think he's a good player in the midfield with Declan Rice. I don't I don't know. I I, I think this team is due for a a, a bit of a, a come down after beating uh, Wolves and Leicester in handy fashion back to back and great game against Arsenal. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think they're relegation. I want Moises. I, last week. I, I want Moises' first game back on the touchline to just be an absolute drubbing. Right. Imagine he just electively goes and coaches from home. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. It's quite literally like offices electing to work from home forever now. You know, managers can do it's the like same. It's more. It's we're better off. Yeah. We're better yeah. off working. No one from wants home. to see you, David. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right, last one. This is my coup de grace. My piece de la resistance. Everton against Brighton. My club's gone, says local Evertonian racist, disgusted by Yerry Mina's dancing goal celebration in the wake of four wins from a possible four games for the Blues. You're just you're just so hurt you're trying to bring people down with you, aren't you? I saw tweets. Just, I saw tweets. Were they really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. No, no. I mean, people, bad people are going to be bad people, you know? Do you see the image where the five of them are dancing and, like, Seamus Coleman is coming up behind yeah. and he's yeah, just yeah. not it's sure the same. what's going yeah, it's on? The same. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Grandpa, the future's now. Yep. All right, Patrick, I've got one question for you on this. I want to talk to you about Calvert-Lewin. I don't know if you have the stats up, but I am willing to wager that he's the top goal scorer in the Premier League right now. Uh, And I want to ask you, what is his zenith? What's his peak going to be? Is he going to be a big-time player, or is he going to get a big-money move at some point on from Everton and, and, you know, kind of find his level? Uh, What does the future hold for him? For Calvert Lewin, do you know how old he is? Let me look him up. Twenty-three. Damn. Um, well, he's got a future ahead of him, man. That's for sure. I don't. I don't necessarily. I mean, I did. I did say I think he's going to win Golden Boot. I think he's got uh, a poacher's instinct, and he's good in the air. So I think that with the way that the Premier League is played, the pace, he's going to get his chances, and he's got the ability to take his chances in a variety mm-hmm. of different ways. He's he plays in and around the box. He's got some really good people around him. I think it's it's interesting because I say I think he could go to a, one of the, one of the bigger clubs, but you know as it stands now, you know if if James Rodriguez 
you know, kind of gets to be, you know, regain that that you know kind of elite form, I guess, if you will. In in Ancelotti, we know he's an elite manager. Everton gets into Champions League. Football. Why would you leave? They're yeah. they're not like a, a small club that needs promotion, right? Like if if Everton can regain their status as a top four side, which before. Um, I think before maybe in the top six side certainly before like City came to prominence before Spurs were were, were a bit better, yeah. you know Everton was 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 up there. So it's a valid point. That's probably their long term ambition. I don't know what is is he a uh, was he an academy guy? Like I don't know his history. I, I don't know if he's got yeah, like a, I think he came a Grealish up, thing to him where he'd want to stay. I don't I know. I think he came up with the club. Uh, I that's more of a guess because I don't remember him in any other club, but. Um, yeah, maybe he'll he'll have a bit of a Jamie Vardy career. You know, obviously different in the beginning, but you know, big clubs come knocking, and you stay at you stay at your club, and uh, you you go on to succeed. But I I don't know, just his style of play, it just seems like he's the next Andy Carroll to me, and that could be so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can't ignore what's in front of you. He is the leading goal scorer on six with Son Heung-min, uh, and you know. He's he's shown really encouraging signs. I I just um, I don't know what his ceiling is, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So he was he was um, he was bought for two million dollars in 2016 from Sheffield United. Ooh, so he's been there okay. for I guess would be now five years, and really kind of had a a pretty linear rise. I mean, Andy Carroll. I get. I, I'm just trying to remember Andy Carroll before. You know, he he forgot how to run. Uh, if he actually has, because I feel like Dominic Calvert Lewin is a bit more of an athlete than Andy Carroll ever was. But I might not be remembering. Well, Carroll kind of peaked at one of the Euros for England, and then got a move to Liverpool, and it all kind of fell apart from there. But he is one of those guys who got that big, that big team move, and it, it just it just dissipated. But um, I think if he wants it, he can get it. And but it's it's outside of, I mean, outside of Vardy and Kane. And Vardy kind of is on his own path, but who's been the last like young English, you know, out and out striker to kind of come up, you know, as other than Harry Kane? Yeah, I mean, since 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 Kane, like, would you? I mean, maybe even like Rashford or I, I don't an know if you out count them, an out and out like, striker. You have to go back to yeah. uh, to Rooney and Owen, right? Before Kane, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, he's it's going to be interesting because they don't like in the Premier League. The out-and-out striker, English, and productive, he could have his pick. Who wouldn't want? Sure. Sure. Yeah. If he well, keeps producing. Uh, top of the table. Yeah. Four wins from four games. Let's let's keep tabs on Everton. Like you said, the Merseyside Derby coming back from the international break oh, will be amazing. It, Absolutely it. amazing. All right. Patrick, should we move to the freak? And then close it out with our goals yeah. of the week and month. And a, mm. and a new segment. Yes. Okay. Yes. Why don't you kick us off? You want me to go yeah, first? Go James, I've been quiet long enough. I'm giving my freak of the week to Slabhead. <laughs> Harry Maguire's getting it. And I'm done. I'm not going to give it to him for, you know, whatever the millionaires he made. I'm going to give it to him because this is the second time I've seen him chasing the ball with his eyes and pull down one of his own teammates to allow for somebody else tackling Luke to Shaw. score a goal. I mean, there's plenty of reasons. There's plenty of reasons why Luke Shaw deserves to be tackled. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, ideally, not by a player on your own team. Yeah, yeah, less than ideal. No. Less than ideal. I 
I just want to be a fly on the wall for when Luke Shaw finally saw the tape of that game. Because the whole time up until he saw the tape, he's got to be saying, how in the fuck was that not a penalty? I was pulled down as I was trying to make a clearance. It's utterly ridiculous. And then he goes and sees it's, it's, his, it's his good friend. Harry Always King has been. It. Harry Maguire. Always has been. So good. Yeah, I, I won't argue that on... I won't argue you on that freak. And in a... It's a it's a it's a it's a fun enough freak. It happened in the game. I'm not I'm not going after no uh, no any of the, no can't the true problem. Yeah <laughs> yeah. You can only poke fun at the uh, the vanity things. The fun yeah, stuff. the things yeah, on the yeah, surface. This, this banter. All right, for some fun banter. You ready for my freak? My sure. freak of the week goes to the creature or entity controlling my simulation. Uh, I think he's doing everything that he's doing right now for a bit of character development, and I don't appreciate it. And I'd like it if he stopped. Mm. Growth. Growth comes through hardship james mm-hmm. yeah remember I, sh- I should be learning some lessons right now i think lessons yeah yeah um michelle maben one of our prem heads who's in our fantasy league texted me saying i have no idea what i'm doing how am i beating you you're so bad and she screenshotted herself above me in in the league so i think that's fair enough isn't it's, it? i mean it's banter what can i say it's great yeah meticulously picking my lineup and i think she's on auto set Auto draft, whatever. I was gonna say I might have to check my team. I made a certain promise to the league. Okay, I gotta do a little bit mm-hmm. better. I'm in eleventh place. I got some Own time. up. Own up. Ooh, Jack Ridgeway's on top. That makes sense. Villa just put up seven. Yeah, all Villa team. Okay, Patrick, goal of the week, and then let's do goal of the month. I'll kick us off. Okay. This might be a bit of a deep Go cut. Like I said, I consider yeah. Nicholas Pepe. My goal of the week goes to Oriol Romeu of Southampton against West Bromwich Albion. Okay. He plucked... Okay, first of all, not a natural goal scorer. He waited from the midfield line on a cross, a lofted cross coming into the box, plucked it out with an outside-of-the-boot finish to uh, go past the hapless West Brom keeper. It was, it was a real touch of class from someone who you wouldn't expect. So I'm giving it to Romeu. Mm-hmm. It was a banger. You want to do your gold certified month, freak? Or you want to crescendo too. Oh, it? Patrick! How have we not put in the WAP uh, lyrics for Freak of the Week just to kick it off? Certified freak. Mm. Anyway, just okay. Came, well, more editing it just me. came to me again. I got a. I have an international break project, James, and that's to create intros and outros to our segments, which yeah, I will yeah. do. Okay, so let's not fantastic. Not quite fantastic. Yet. Okay. Um, sorry, your goal of the week. Uh, I'm also going with a deep cut. For the second week in a row, I'm giving it to a completely, completely meaningless goal. I am giving it to Yves Basuma. <laughs> that was a good goal. That was a good goal. It was an amazing goal. It had goal. no it impact on the game. Scored, it had no impact on the game. In sto- yeah, he scored in stoppage time of a 4-2 loss. Uh, I think was, I gave a similar goal to... Uh, Mateus Pereira for scoring in a 5-2 loss uh, earlier. Patrick, but that is the true hipster. That is the true hipster goal recollection where it's like, yeah, but do you remember Yves Basuma's goal in stoppage time to make the deficit three goals? <laughs> it's like, wait, like, what? what? No one Why? will remember this. Uh, but no, yeah. I am a sucker. I am a sucker for a volley. I, mm-hmm. it, it's just, there's, there's something Refer about back the technique the that's required. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's it was a beautiful sight. Uh, there was there were some decent team goals. Everton scored some pretty clean looking team goals, but none of them goal of the week material for me. They're playing some great great football. 
Uh, we're gonna do the snake style, James. I'm gonna give you my goal of the okay. month. Okay. It's actually your goal of the oh. week at one point, if I remember correctly. I'm giving it to Reese James. Yeah. I went through. Yeah. I watched the nominate nominees for goal of the month in the Premier League. The way, the thing that does it for me, obviously, the hit's amazing. Uh, but he's taken that hit under pressure, and his first touch is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Set himself just up. He's away. running side to side. Oh. Yeah, and then just cuts across the ball perfectly. It was. It's a and, clean strike. I think I, I, I measured it pretty well. I thought it was about 20, 26 meters from mm. goal. So mm. good sight, good sight. Beauty. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah. I, I measured. That was the I measured. I, I, I measured. I that. try not to pick just random screamers for my goal of the month. It just doesn't. It just doesn't sit right with me. You know, it's like a you throw a hundred darts at the dartboard. One of them's going to hit. That was Reese James's. Uh, it, it was worthy of goal of the week. Probably not goal of the month. But in mm. in true fashion, that a goal of the week cannot be a goal of the month. I'm giving right. mine to a former goal of the week of yours, which was Jamie Vardy's back heel flick against Man City. Wow! Because it's not what you expect from the man, but he's a man of no. many talents, and it's reminiscent of Nani in 2010 against Bayern Munich. Uh, just improvising the cheek to the cheek to pull the it absolute off. goal. Incredible. The stones against uh, Golden Glove winner Ederson. Yeah, yeah. Use it in a sentence and have people believe you. Yeah, well, he's he's zero for three so far, so I don't think he's keeping that. What crown. a loser. <laughs> okay, uh, degenerate district recap. So we are uh, four match weeks in. It's time for you to own up. Three and one on my locks. Three and one on my locks. Um, this week was a weird week. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I did bet Leeds plus one and a half. So I don't know if I told the people that, but that one did happen. Lost a lot on um, Leicester. Being the lock. Lost on... Le- no, no, my lock was Everton. Okay. And I'm probably... like I don't know what the... I, if Everton's getting a goal, I'm going to take Everton next week. I, I think that they'll still get a goal as far as in their spread. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to take them on the money line, but if they get a goal, I'm going to I'm going to take them on current. Okay. Form. But Everton has been my freaking you know money train so far this season. Mm. Uh, actually, put a double sweet, unit bet on sweet them, my first ever, and it was a successful one. They crushed it. Uh, Spurs, I told you I liked plus a half a point. Didn't realize how easy that one was going to be. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I did Moving lose. On. Lose on the parlays uh, due to the numerous upsets. Leicester losing. City not taking three points. Liverpool losing. A lot of results that I did yeah. not expect. Yeah. This Is week that enough to swear off? Parlay. Is that enough to swear off donkeys? It's not enough to swear off donkeys, but I think you're <laughs> you're gonna find. I'll add a little bit. Leave it here. I don't think I will do more than five ten-way parlays this season. Oh wow! Okay. Wait, you're you still there? Yeah. Well, that is a bold claim, but only you can make it come come to life. I want to give the people another parlay win, so I think coming out of the international break, I'll have something good for them. Okay. Uh, that'll be on our next episode. Uh, and the segment we wanted to tease, Sir James, uh, James and I were talking. We've obviously been frustrated with. The rules, how VAR is being used, etc. Um, but 
we believe that there's a way to save our, our beautiful game, and we think the perfect spokesperson is Lee Dixon. So what we want to do is we want to come up with what we're going to call the Lee Dixon laws of the game, or maybe the Dixon laws. Mm-hmm. Dixon Dixon's laws kind of rolls laws. off a little bit yeah. better, I think. And so what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a way to officiate the game, go through the whole rule book, the way it's meant to be played, and our guiding principle, our North Star is going to be what would Lee Dixon say about mm-hmm. this rule and how it's being put into practice, and that is going to help guide us. Um, and so I think any feedback you all have, uh, we'd love to hear what rules you want implemented, what rules you don't want implemented. This is a great time to introduce no VAR on handballs on the goal line just for the pure excitement outweighs yeah. the sporting injustice. We will have that discussion at a later date. Uh, but James, I am super excited for this because I think there's a huge opportunity. Patrick, I love this. And and folks at home, we'll give you a couple of, z- of examples. And it is up to you to determine whether or not we've made these up on the spot or these are things that Lee has actually said. But here are a couple examples. One, if a player has a foul throw, he is given a yellow card. That's a fun one. Uh, if the ball curves out of play on a corner kick and comes back in, just play on. <laughs> Just play on. <laughs> I don't know if that's him, but I love Lee. I love Lee. He, uh, Patrick, I'll ruin it for you. He actually said that in the game this past weekend. City. <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. Is that the crazy well, that's thing? the thing. Like who? That's the thing. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's so good. Just let the boys play. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun fun with this one, guys. Um, yeah, here I am already feeling better by the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, whether or not you just, you just grinded through the, uh, the rant at the beginning, or you thoroughly enjoyed my disappointment and general depression. Um, we love, we love you all one and the same. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week, international break for our transfer grades for all 20 clubs. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.